0: All right, we are continuing our study in the book of Revelation. You should have your Bible open. Uh, Perhaps one of the easiest books of the Bible we've ever studied to find in your Bible. Uh, Just turn to the back. Uh, The last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. Uh, We started a while ago in chapter 1 where we saw the Apostle John was exiled on the island of Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was doing a good thing. He was preaching the good news about Jesus, and he got in trouble for it, and they put him on an island, uh, Patmos, where you're punished. Uh, He was around 90 years old, and he was set to hard labor. That's what they did on this island. A 90-year-old, hard labor, pretty much that's a death sentence, but he was still alive While he was there, he saw a vision of Jesus Christ. In his glory, uh, he described it. We spent time thinking about that, and he was amazed. His response was to fall to the ground like a dead man, even though he was good buddies with Jesus. They were old friends, but when he saw him in his glory, it seemed like uh, everything changed, uh, and he realized who he really was even more. Uh, Then Jesus got him up. He said, don't be afraid. And he said, write seven letters to seven specific churches. We spent several weeks looking at those letters. uh, And it says uh, that him who has an ear to hear, uh, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I hope that we have had ears to hear. Have you had ears to hear? Well, the answer to that is, have you done anything in your life in response to what we've read? if you have, then you have ears to hear. If you haven't done a single thing, if you've never had a thought during the week about anything we've been learning, sorry, but you don't have ears to hear. Maybe you need to go back and read those and ask God uh, to open your ears. And uh, we need to be hearing what God says to the churches because we are the church too. We're a candle as well, And I think those things are written to us just as much as anyone else. And there's some very serious things in there. And he says, this is serious stuff. And if you don't do something about some of the things going on in the church, I'm going to come and I'm going to do something about it. That was serious stuff. So I hope we have responded to that. I know I've thought a lot about things. Uh, That first love, the first one we talked about, I can't get that out of my mind. Trying to make God the first love in my life. And that's a hard thing to do. I hope you've been thinking about that too. Last week, we got to chapter four where we finally get to go to heaven. John goes to heaven. He sees a throne there and uh, there is one on the throne. There's lightning, there's thunder, there's colors coming off of him. Power, raw power coming off of this throne. There's creatures around worshiping the one. Holy, holy, holy. There's 24 elders saying how worthy this person is that's on the throne and all Everyone in heaven, and it seems all of creation in the entire universe, seems to be bowing down to the one on this throne in heaven. And that brings us to chapter 5 in Revelation. I would like to read the first two verses in chapter 5, and let's pray again. Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? Let's pray. God in heaven, uh, John was able to see into heaven. And I pray this morning, Lord, somehow that you would help us to get a glimpse into heaven as well. Help us to, to understand what these words say. Uh, about who we are and who you are, who Jesus Christ is, and uh, how important these things are, Lord. John's response uh, to these things was a very emotional and probably life-changing, and so I pray we would have a response too, Lord, this morning. May your Holy Spirit dig into our hearts and our minds and our souls. Help us to have ears to hear and not just go away unchanged, Lord. Help us to think about. Who you really are. Give us a glimpse today, this morning, uh, and may our lives be the better for it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hold in my right hand a scroll. It's a scroll that has writing on the inside and on the outside, it's sealed with seven seals. So it can't be opened right now. It says, contained in this scroll is the theme for day camp this summer. If we have day camp this summer, the theme we decided uh, this last weekend, and we wrote it inside this scroll, and it's locked up. Anyone want to see what the theme is going to be for day camp? Everyone say yes. Thank you. You're all dying to know what's in here. Very, very important. You're going to lose sleep tonight if you don't know. Uh, We need to know what's in this scroll, but it's sealed up with seven seals. And it says the qualifications to open this scroll. There are qualifications. Not anyone can open this scroll. There are qualifications uh, to open this. Let me read what they are. The person who opened the scroll has to be a husband. A husband. So is there anyone in this room that's a husband? Lots of them. Okay, we're good so far. We could probably pick one of you that could open it. And we, I want to open this today right in front of you. Uh, also, another qualification, you have to be a father. A husband and a father. Looking around, there's quite a few people that fit that bill. Another qualification... You have to have had a birthday in the last week. A birthday in the last week. Is there anyone in this room? I'm doing a search all over this room. Is there anyone who's a husband, a father, and has had a birthday in the last week? If there isn't, we can't open this book, and we'll never know what the theme is for day camp. We'll have to cancel everything. We need to know. Look around. Look around you. Is there anyone around you? Take a look. Is there anyone worthy to open this scroll right here? I see a couple hands, fingers pointing. Is there someone worthy to open this scroll? I see a hand up. Are you a husband? Yeah. A father? Yeah. Did you have a birthday in the last week? Yeah. Happy birthday. Come on up. <clears throat> a sealed scroll in my right hand you are worthy to come up here and take the scroll from me you should cheer right now everybody you're the one worthy not me uh, carefully one by one open let let him see you doing it let's count the count as he opens and there's one one everybody He's being two three four five six. You should cheer again. He opened he opened the seven things. You're gonna stand over here. Right about there. And I'm gonna have to help you with this. He's still working the sixth seal. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Oh no, there's another seal here. See, when I say there's seven seals, uh, I could have put the seven seals on the outside like we did. Also, there's another way of sealing a document like this by doing actually progressive seals, one out here and then one here that he'll have to open, open a little more, and then another one. So when we say there's a scroll sealed with seven seals, it might have been seven on the outside or it might have been seven successive ones, which makes a lot of sense. A lot of documents uh, a long time ago would have been like that. So go ahead and open that one too. Don't worry, there's not seven more. I didn't have that much wax. Okay. Can you all sleep at night tonight now that you know the theme for day camp world changers? All right? It'll be focused on missions. I'm going to keep this up here for a little while and then you can have it after the meeting. Oh, I'm just going to roll it up for you. Okay. So, uh, do you see how that works? Uh, a scroll with seven seals, and uh, many of maybe 2,000 years ago, you might have had a document. Maybe it would be a will or a deed to some land or uh, something that uh, uh, someone was giving to someone else, an official document would be sealed. The more seals it has, the more official it is. It could be sealed on the outside or progressive seals on the inside. And today, as we look at chapter 5 in Revelation, many of you know this is all about Jesus, and that's true. You should think about Jesus Christ when you think about Revelation 5. But I got to tell you, it's all about this scroll. We're going to look at the first eight verses, and it's all about the scroll. This whole section, every verse is about the scroll. And I realized how important this really is. Uh, So we're going to be talking about this scroll a lot in Revelation. uh, And that was just to give you a little taste of how that works. You have a scroll, you have it sealed, and someone uh, special has to be qualified to unseal it. Okay, Revelation chapter 5. Let's take a look at the first two verses. I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back sealed up with seven seals. So the scene is back in heaven. Remember, you really, when in Revelation, you need to be picturing in your head what's going on. And that's what John's trying to do. He's trying to describe, give you word pictures of what's going on. So be trying as hard as you can to be picturing everything we saw in chapter 4. You should be thinking about lightning and thunder, a glassy sea, a throne, with, with like a rainbow. I kind of picture a three-dimensional rainbow coming off of it, uh, and uh, you put all that together and the creatures and everyone around it pointing towards the middle of the throne, worshiping. Uh, there's power. There's, it's, it's a loud place. Lights and uh, all sorts of things going on, shaking going on because of the one on the throne. I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book. It says book here. Uh, the word book could mean scroll or it could mean lots of different kinds of book. There's a general word for book here surely it was a scroll because of how it's described uh, and the time frame uh, that it was in a scroll and I thought it was interesting the word for book here is biblos uh, and that's where we get our word bible from uh, the word bible uh, simply means book or books and uh, the bible is books God's books um, so the book it's in the hand of him who's sitting on the throne uh, in the right hand, apparently the Greek words here make it sound like it's very clear, and I'm amazed at how many commentaries point this out. It's an open hand. It's sitting in an open hand. It's not a closed hand holding on to it. It's an open hand offering it uh, to someone who is worthy, okay? And we're going to find out if someone is worthy. Uh, this book is important, and we'll get to to that more and more throughout the whole passage here, uh, for many different reasons, for reasons I don't even totally understand myself, it's extremely—it's an extremely important book, very, very important. And I'm going to point out one of the reasons it's important is right here in verse one. Simply the hand of him who's who's holding it—it's in the hands of God. Uh, that alone makes it important, right there. And an angel's going to cry out, "Who's worthy to open this book and to break its seals?" Well, we're going to see To Be Worthy, that's a very, very high and lofty thing. But right off the bat again, it's an important book because it's in God's hands. And it's going to be difficult uh, because remember chapter 4. The one holding it, uh, there's like lightning and thunder coming off of him. There is light coming off of him like rainbows emanating from him. Not a reflection off of him, but he himself. There's a glassy sea. There's creatures, kind of wild creatures around him saying how holy he is and how holy this place is, and the 24 elders saying how worthy he is. Any of you want to walk through all of that and walk up to that throne and take that book? (laughs) Despite the qualifications, it's just a scary scene in the first place. Uh, So remember, and that's what you should be picturing in your head. That's what's going on. John saw a strong angel not just any angel a strong angel. Uh, We're not told exactly what makes the angel strong. This must have been impressive. This angel maybe is a little bigger uh, muscles a little bigger wings a little bigger I don't know but he's a strong angel and John is impressed with this angel and uh, this angel says with a loud voice. With a loud voice that phrase right there is going to be used in the book of Revelation 20 times. In a loud voice. Uh, So, again, in heaven, there's times in heaven when it's quiet, and there's times when it's very loud, too. And uh, this angel is going to proclaim in a loud voice. It kind of seems like a voice that is heard not only in heaven, but on the earth and under the earth and everywhere in the universe. Proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? This is an important book, and we need to see who is worthy. And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. So the angel must have been quite loud. It it does seem like it was heard. uh, And a lot of these things are kind of symbolic too and kind of not. And it's hard to, to see exactly what's going on. But the angel seemed to be crying out to the whole universe Is there anyone out there who is worthy? Let's search heaven. All the angels, any of you worthy? How about this strong angel? John said, this is a strong angel. This must have been a pretty impressive being right here. Was he worthy? He wasn't worthy. What about the creatures, the 24 elders? Aren't any of them worthy? None of them. Let's look around all of heaven. All the angels, all the things going on in heaven. Anyone out there worthy? No one is worthy. Let's look on earth. All those alive now, Uh, is there anyone on earth? There's a lot of people. There's probably a lot of godly people on earth. Is there anyone worthy? No, not a single one. No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth. Are we talking demons here? Are we going to search them and see if any of them are worthy? Surely not. Uh, Maybe we're talking about those who have died and their bodies are in the grave. Uh, Are any of them worthy? None of them are. I think this goes beyond time as well. It's not just at the present. Is there any human being that's ever lived who is worthy? And the answer is no. That's a pretty big deal, right there. Can you think of all the people? Think about all the saints that have lived over the years, godly people. There are some very godly people, probably many of us don't know about. We'll never meet them until we get to heaven. Isn't there one of them who is worthy? Isn't there a humble person who had just lived humbly all their lives and did what was right all the time and that would be worthy to open this book? Not a single one. No one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. When the book is talked about, um, it's interesting, there's three things about the book. There's taking the book. There's opening the book and there's looking into the book and they seem to be three different things here and there's no one that's found that could do even one of them. There's not even a person who could come up to that throne and take the book in the first place, let alone break the seals and open it. Nobody was found. Is that troubling to you, everybody? That no one was found to open this book? It should be a little troubling. I mean, no one over the years has been worthy to open it. Nobody, not a single person. It's sad to think about that. And also the book, what is in this book? Well, we're not told exactly. A lot of commentaries speculate a bit. We don't know, but, but it's something to do with God's eternal counsel. Some, one commentator said it's probably the eternal counsels of God are inside this book, perhaps the plan of eternity, uh, perhaps the title deed of man's inheritance on the earth is inside this thing. As the book is open, we do see things happening on the earth, things during the tribulation happen. Maybe those are right in this book. Maybe this book leads us through the tribulation and describes everything that will happen right up to the end of the eternal stay when everything is made right. In that case, it would be a very important book, and it needs to be open, and it needs to happen. Because the earth that we live on, it's not perfect, is it? Ever since the Garden of Eden, there has been sin, and things need to be made right on this earth. Things are not right on this earth. Satan's having a heyday. He's going around doing all sorts of things. It almost seems unhindered sometimes, and that's a terrible thing. Things need to be made right. There is sin. There is Satan. There are, there are Christians who are doing good things, who are being persecuted, ill-treated, uh, physically beat up, put in jail, and sometimes even killed, and it's happening now more than ever. Things need to be made right. Things are not right on this earth. They are bad, and they're getting worse. And God says they're going to get worse until the end happens. And I, I think the, head the scroll has something to do with that, the judgments and the things that need to happen for everything to be made right. There is something inside of us, folks, that longs for things to be made right on this earth and if you don't know that, just ask kids. What bothers a kid more than anything else? Unfairness, if something's not fair, right? We want things to be fair. We want things to be right. We want people that are doing horrible things to others to stop. And that needs to be made right. This book needs to be open. Things need to be made right on this earth. John heard that there was no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth, able to open the book or to look into it. What was his response? I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. Weep greatly. He didn't just cry, he weeped. Sobbing, tears flowing out, convulsions, completely probably bent over and not able to stand up. He's weeping greatly for a moment in time it seems and and i'll tell you of these whole verses i'm talking about today this one has really stood out to me and i've really tried to figure out why did he weep so greatly and that's when i realized how important this book really is and this whole passage is about it it needs to be open things need to be made right on this earth god has a plan the one on the throne and this is his plan but someone needs to be worthy enough to open it Uh, Not just open it, but to be able to read it, which kind of implies be able to make it all happen as well. And for a moment in time, John realizes what it would be like if nothing would ever be made right. What if there was no hope at all? What if God, the maker of everything, the ruler of the universe, says things need to be made right on this world, and there's only one way to do it, and I'm sorry but none of you are able to do it. Have a nice day. For a moment in time, John actually feels what it would be like to have no hope, absolutely no hope. Did John know anything about being persecuted and mistreated? He was ninety years old, ninety years old, and under hard labor on a detention island, where basically you're put to die. And what did he do to deserve that? <laughs> He did good things. Things are terrible on this earth, and they need to be made right. And he, for a moment in time, I think God allowed him just to feel what it would be like uh, to have absolutely no hope in this world. Well, he doesn't have to feel that way very long. There is hope, folks. There is good news. Uh, But for a while, he got to see what it would be like without hope. Verse 5, one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. Stop weeping. Have you ever wept greatly in your life? Something happened that just caused you to weep, a horrible thing? Maybe you got news that no one ever wants to hear. Maybe something happened to you that should never happen to a person. And you wept greatly. That's what John was feeling, even worse than that. No hope for anybody ever. But there is hope. One of the elders, one of those 24 elders, and apparently he's now close enough where they walked over to him, I don't know, uh, that they talked to him, and they see that he's weeping. And they give him the best news that he could ever hear. Again, I don't really understand what's in the scroll. I don't understand the emotions he's going through. But he was weeping greatly. And uh, because everything was bad. But basically, the elder says, it's all right, John. Things are good. We found one person. Stop weeping, John. Take a look over there by the throne. Look over there, and what do you see? The lion from the tribe of Judah. The root of David has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. They did find one person who was able to open this book. Who is it? The lion from the tribe of Judah. That comes from Genesis chapter 49, uh, verses 9 and 10. It's talking about the tribe of Judah, one of the tribes of Israel, and he talks about a lion from the tribe of Judah. And there's prophecies about that. Uh, That means this is a prophecy written long, long before what he's seeing now in heaven. That means this person on the throne, this wasn't, they were looking, yes, for a person, but God knew all along that person would come. God would provide that person. In fact, God would be that person. And it was prophesied way back in history, the lion from the tribe of Judah. A lion signifies a king, a powerful person, powerful. The lion's the king of the jungle. A lion would be a powerful person from the tribe of Judah. He's the one, the root of David. Uh, That's another prophecy about Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, uh, it talks about the root of David. David would be the king, so this person would be related to David in the kingly line. Uh, And the root of David is an interesting term of the root of David that would come later, but yet he's the root. He became before David, and he would come after David. Uh, So again, it's a prophecy. And we see here that the person that is uh, worthy to open this scroll, uh, it wasn't just a mistake. It wasn't like, oh, oh, we do happen to find someone. It was a plan all along. God planned it, and uh, he prophesied it long before Uh, he even came the lion from the tribe of judah is his name the root of david he has overcome so we see three reasons why he can open the scroll right here Uh, because of who he is the lion from judah and the root of david and we see that he has done something he has overcome there must have been some sort of challenge to him or something that he had to do that he had to overcome and he did He came to do a certain job, and he overcame. He did the job, and it's in the past tense. He has overcome. Who he is, the lion from Judah, the root of David, and what he's done, he has overcome. He can open the book, and it's seven seals. And they saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders. He's going to look, and he's going to see this person there uh, by the throne And he's going to see, what is he going to see here? And don't look at your Bibles. Everyone look up right now. Don't look at what he sees, okay? Uh, Let's just think about this before we read it. He's the lion from the tribe of Judah. What's he going to see when he looks down here? Don't look at your Bible. The lion. He's overcome. I'm thinking a big, powerful person. We just talked about a powerful angel. Well, this guy is much more powerful than that. He's got to be bigger. He's got to be stronger. This guy has overcome He is the only one in the whole world. He's got to be bigger and stronger than anyone who's ever lived, right? More perfect. He's got to be bigger than the angels. None of the angels were worthy to open the scroll. He's got to be better than all of them. We're going to see a champion here. I bet he's going to have a crown and he's going to have a robe. And I bet he's going to be like, I don't know, 12 feet tall and he's going to have muscles beyond anything you've ever seen. Uh, He's going to maybe have a big uh, thing in his hand to show that he's a king. This guy is going to be the picture of conquering, right? The picture of power. What does he see when he sees the lion from the tribe of Judah? Well, he describes it, and his description isn't exactly what I was expecting. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain. What? <laughs> a lamb? There's only one in the whole universe that is worthy to open that scroll. A lamb? I thought he was a lion. I thought he was the king of all kings. I thought he had power over everything. Uh, He's got to be the strongest one around. If he's the only one that can open this, a lamb? You know, I'm not around animals much. I'm scared of most of them. Uh, But a lamb, I don't think I'm scared of a lamb. (laughs) Not very scary. If there's a bunch of animals uh, in, a, in a barnyard, do they all bow down to the lamb? Is that the king of the farm? I don't think so. <laughs> a lamb. A lamb standing as if slain. We see here uh, one of the reasons that, that Jesus is able and worthy to open the scroll. Not only is he powerful, king over everybody and there's no question there he is more powerful than anyone else anything else but he humbled himself and the king who is the king over the universe sitting on his throne and should have everyone serving him and that's rightfully what we should all be doing he came to earth as a lamb a gentle person And he didn't come and just start killing people with lightning bolts, everyone that opposed him. He was gentle. He talked kindly to people. A lamb standing as if slain. Slain means a a person or something killed the lamb. A fresh kill. As if slain, not killed a long time ago. These aren't scars. This is a fresh, he was just killed. How does he stand if he's killed? I don't know. This is somewhat symbolic. You know, it's a person. It's Jesus. Uh, The symbolism is really strong here. I don't know exactly how to explain that. But he was standing. He's alive. uh, But he was just killed as well. And we're reminded that that God came to earth. Uh, The most powerful king of the universe came to earth, and he was a lamb. And when we look at the names of Jesus, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, Very Jewish, uh, very much we're talking about, you know, God's law here. When we think about the Jews and Israel and the law, and you mention a lamb, what do you think of? You think of the sacrifice, the sacrifice. God set up the system, so he said that we're all sinners. If you sin, you deserve death, but I will set up a system where something can die in your place. A lamb could die in your place, an innocent lamb. Should be spotless, perfect, have no blemishes, should be a perfect lamb. But that perfect lamb could die in your place for the sin that you committed. Well, God came to earth. His name was Jesus. He lived a perfect life. He was spotless, without blemish, and he became the lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. He allowed people to actually uh, mistreat him, make fun of him, uh, put him in jail, uh, whip him, spit on him, do other horrible things, and eventually kill him on a cross. And he died. He was slain. And they buried his body in a tomb. That's our champion. (laughs) That's the one who is able to open the scroll. Not only is he truly more powerful than anyone in this universe, but he humbled himself, became a lamb, a humble lamb, and even... Uh, humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. But he's alive today, and he's alive here in heaven, and uh, we're reminded that he was a lamb that was killed, but not even death itself could hold him down. It was impossible. I just read this in Acts recently. It was impossible for death to hold him down, and he came back alive again, and he's alive here, and he is the one that can open this scroll. Having seven horns. So horns are a picture of power, usually a picture of kings in the Bible. There's other prophets, prophecies about animals with horns, and they're usually kings. Seven horns is perfect uh, power over everything. Seven eyes, perfect uh, seeing, omniscience, knowing everything that's going on. Uh, and the seven eyes are the seven spirits of God. Do you see a strong connection between the Holy Spirit and Jesus himself? The eyes weren't somewhere else. They were the Lamb, and uh, we're reminded here of the Trinity. Uh, There's not three separate gods. God the Father, I believe, is on the throne. God the Son is the Lamb, and there's the Holy Spirit, but they are, in fact, one as well, too. He sees everything going on on the earth, including you right now where we are. In the book of Revelation, Jesus will be called the Lamb many times. Uh, 28 times in the book of Revelation, he's called the Lamb. Is that interesting? Because in the book of Revelation, do we think of Jesus as the humble, meek, mild person? In Revelation, he's the king of all kings. And he's coming, and and he wins every war. (laughs) that he wages uh, during the tribulation. Uh, he is the powerful one. And there's times when people will go and say, rocks, follow me and hide me from the wrath of the lamb. The wrath of the lamb. Uh, it's so interesting in the book of Revelation that the most common name for Jesus is the lamb. You would think it would be the lion. Well, he is called the lion in Revelation. Uh, guess how many times? Once. Right here in this passage, that's it. Can you believe that? I think of him as a lion throughout the whole book of Revelation, and he's called the Lamb. He wants you to remember that although he's powerful, he also humbled himself and died for the sins of the world. That's why he's worthy, because he did both. <clears throat> and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And uh, like I said, when, when Mike opened him up here and I said, You should cheer, do you see where that would be the right response? Here, well, think about it. If this truly was the book that would set everything in this universe correct, and once it was open, things would unfold, and things would be made right, would it be kind of exciting when you saw that someone took the book? He took the book, and it doesn't say he was struck down because he wasn't worthy. <laughs> he took it because he was worthy. Uh, things are going to begin uh, to be made right on this earth, in this universe, for eternity. And uh, so definitely there would be some cheering going on. I couldn't, we don't have big crowds yet in Revelations, but we're going to quickly uh, soon. We're only looking at eight verses today. Um, But there's going to be a response here we'll take a look at, at least the beginning of the response here in uh, Revelations 5. I couldn't help but think of uh, a time when I was with a big crowd and something big happened. I remember as a kid, uh, my dad took me to see my first Seahawks game in the Sun Dome. Anyone ever go to the old, I mean, not the Sun Dome, the King Dome? Anyone been in the old King Dome? We, uh, we were about two rows from the top. <laughs> I could almost see the people on the field uh, down there. Uh, but just being there was amazing. And they would score a touchdown, and the whole place would erupt. You're shaking. You know, the whole place is shaking, and the noise is just immense, and the, the excitement and I hate to compare a football game to this. Sorry if that offends you. Kind of offends me too. But, but uh, I'm just thinking of how exciting that was. And man, when Jesus took that scroll, that's the greatest thing probably besides his resurrection, that moment of time and the resurrection, this might be maybe one of the most other exciting times right then. Uh, everything is going to be made right. He takes the book and he's able to start opening it. When he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They don't stand up and cheer because uh, the best thing they found to do, even better probably than standing up and cheering, is getting down on their knees and worshiping. The, 20, the four living creatures and, and 24 elders, all of them together. It's not separate people now. They're all doing the same thing. They're all getting down and worshiping the one. He took the scroll. Yes, things are about to be made right. Each one holding a harp. Interesting, it says they're holding a harp. There's music in heaven. Uh, the whole idea of a person sitting on a cloud with a harp. Uh, well, that's not exactly what it says here, but there is harps in heaven. And uh, would any of you like to hear those 24 elders playing their harps? Oh, yeah, I imagine they play pretty well. (laughs) Uh, There's music there. Uh, And how exciting that would be. They have golden bowls full of incense. And just one little tag at the end here, which are the prayers of the saints. Wait a minute, the prayers of the saints, what? The prayers of the saints, who are the saints? It's us. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you believe in the lamb that was slain, if you believe that Jesus did come to earth and he died on the cross for your sins, you're a sinner, you believe uh, that he did it for you, and you ask God to forgive your sins, he can change your life. He, He can make you a saint. He says you're a saint. You might say, I don't feel like it. I still mess up. But somehow in God's economy, he announces that you truly are a saint. Uh, you are truly forgiven. In heaven's eyes, you're forgiven. And you're a saint, and we have the ability to pray and talk to the one that's on the throne, uh, the one who is kind of scary to come and, and go to. But yeah, he says, you can pray to me. And somehow, there are golden bowls full of incense. Incense is rising up, a picture of prayers uh, rising up to God, and those are our prayers. Wow. Kind of an exciting thing. That kind of makes me want to pray when I read that and just think about it. I don't know exactly which prayers and which bowl when it's offered. I don't know. But he says they're the prayers of the saints. A special thing in God's eyes on right in to the throne room. We'll pray in just a minute, and we'll offer up a little more incense in just a minute. So things are wrong in this world. There is sin. Satan is... Uh, going crazy, doing all, spreading all sorts of lies on this earth. Uh, there are sinful things. There are horrible things going on uh, to good people. There are horrible things going on to innocent people. Uh, there is sin everywhere. And uh, although it's fun, to, not fun, but usually when I say things like that, I think about the really evil people out there. Well, the Bible tells us we're all sinners. Uh, we're actually part of that sinful system. And uh, we need forgiveness. We need someone. You can't save yourself. Maybe you've tried. Maybe you realize there's things going on wrong in your life, and you've tried to save yourself. You've tried to fix it. Maybe you've searched in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and uh, for anything that might help you and, you, and you just come up empty. Well, there is only one way to be saved. There's one way to be made right. There's only one person who could come take this scroll and make everything in the universe right? There's only one person who could come into your life and make everything right. The lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He has overcome. You might say, my life is really messed up. You don't understand how bad my life is. He understands. He's bigger than that. Uh, he has overcome. He's overcome everything. You can have all your sins forgiven. You can be one of the saints. You can be one, a person on his team. You can be the one that will be with him forever in heaven. You don't want to be his enemy. If you're in your sin and you've never asked God to forgive you, uh, you are his enemy. Uh, Like it or not, I don't, maybe that doesn't make you feel good. Well, that's just the truth. Uh, You need to turn to him and ask forgiveness. He's the one. The great news is, He has overcome, and he will forgive you. He will make things right. He can make things right in this world, in this universe. He can open the scroll. He can make things right in your own life. Maybe ask, how do I do that? Well, I don't have a scroll in my hand that he could come take. Uh, How do you do it? Uh, Just talk to him. He'll listen. The prayers of the saints are right there in the throne room of God. And he hears them. Just talk to him. You're a sinner? Tell him you're a sinner. Admit it. God, I've messed up. I've sinned. I deserve punishment. I'm sorry. Do you believe Jesus came and died on a cross for your sins? Tell him you believe it. No special words. You have to say. He'll listen. He'll understand. And he will forgive. Ask him to forgive your sins. If you have other things you want to ask him, ask him. Talk to him all day and all night. He would love to hear from you. Uh, And that's like sweet incense in his his nose. (laughs) It's a great thing. There's problems in the world. Jesus is the answer. Problems in our life, somehow, Jesus is the answer, too. Problems in the church, we just read about seven churches. There were some problems. Jesus was the answer to that, too problems with everything what is the answer the old sunday school answer i do personally believe is the best answer jesus christ is the answer to everything how do you uh, go to him and make that answer right in your life well you do what the creatures did and what the 24 elders did you bow down before him take your focus off of yourself the people around you and just look to jesus christ Let's do that right now. They got down on their knees. I'm going to ask you if you can and are able to. Let's get down on our knees. Let's pray. Let's uh, make some sweet incense to the Lord. Let's pray to God right now. Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you that he is worthy to take the scroll, worthy to make things right in this world. Lord, uh, we long for the day when everything is made right, and uh, that we could be with you forever in heaven. Thank you that he died, that he's a lamb, not just a lion, but the lamb, that he is gentle and humble as well, and that he can save us from our sins. Lord, uh, help us to turn to you, to focus on you, uh, and uh, just to keep our eyes fixed on you. And we look forward to the day where we can see you face to face. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.